In the beginning of Mark chapter 2, we see the upside-down dichotomy that shows up so often in Scripture. A man who was physically paralyzed was the one who was spiritually alive and active, and a group of men with full use of their bodies were stuck. Today on Rooted Daily, we're talking about what it means to be spiritually paralyzed. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and the lowering of the paralyzed man through the roof of where Jesus was teaching might be one of the most recognized scenes in all of Jesus' life. It's a story that celebrates four friends who brought the man who couldn't bring himself to the feet of Jesus. And Mark says, in the second chapter of his gospel, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home, and they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. It's an awesome scene. Find yourself friends who will bust down the roof to get you to Jesus. And then what comes next, I think is even better. Verse five says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus, he stands next to this man with the best friends in all the world. He sees all of their faith and by their faith, they are forgiven. As Christians, we need to develop that kind of intimate faith-driven relationships that those friends have. And, and some of that happens with the church as a whole. I try to look after you and you try to look after me. I hope we hold each other accountable. But here we're separated by a screen. And even in your own congregation, you can love everybody, but you can't know what's going on in everyone's lives day to day. You need to find a smaller group within the church to lean on. Galatians 6 tells us to bear one another's burdens, and that is what we should do. We should develop friendships that pick each other up and bust down the roof around Jesus to lay the burden of our sin at his feet. For this man, he had four friends who did just that. And Jesus, he responds to their faith and he forgives this man's sins. And that's when the peanut gallery pipes up. Mark 2, 6 says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there. They were thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, they're not wrong, right? Passages like Isaiah 43 and chapter 55, verse 7, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, Psalm 25, 18, 32, 5, 51, 4, 134, uh, Daniel 9, 9, they all tell us that it is God who forgives sin, all sin. Even if I direct sin at another person, I lie to them or I hurt them, that sin is also against God. And so God is the only one who can forgive all sin. So the peanut gallery isn't wrong. In fact, they're more right than they would ever admit. Jesus forgiving sins was uh, a display of his divinity, more so than even the physical healing. They, there were physical healers, it seemed, around in, 
in New Testament times, people who went around purporting to cure people, but people, human beings, didn't claim to forgive sin. That just didn't happen. That was reserved for God. And so the teachers were right. Only God could forgive sins. That's why Jesus said it. Verse 8 says, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. What a response. You know, I, I can't heal people. They, they'd seen Jesus heal before. In Mark 1, uh, they were told that Jesus was healing people in a whole town. So Jesus says, which is easier to say? You are healed or your sins are forgiven. And what's interesting there is Jesus must have known it would have been easier to say, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And you know, I, I always thought about that verse. Like Jesus was saying, well, it's easier just to say, you're forgiven. It, it was shorter, it was simpler, it was more to the point of what he was actually doing. Their faith led to their forgiveness. Um, but reading it over and over again, uh, I've begun to think Jesus, he actually means the opposite. He would have known the controversy he would cause if he said he forgave sins. Again, physical healing, that's fine. But claiming spiritual healing, that was reserved for God alone. So he doesn't say, you are forgiven because it's easier, it's going to result in, in less hardship or controversy. No, he says he did it even though it was harder because he wanted them to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And he got up, he took his mat, he walked out in full view of them all, and this amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. You know, the scribes understood correctly that Jesus was claiming an action that only God could do. The problem was that they refused to accept Jesus as being God. And it all came down to an issue of faith or belief. When the man was lowered into the room, Mark says that Jesus recognized the man's faith, the, these friends' faith. They, they might not have understood everything about Jesus, but they at least had enough faith to take action. Their actions were not the critical factor. It was their faith that demonstrated by their action that moved Jesus. And so we see another one of these upside down dichotomies in the Bible. Blessed are the poor and the sick and the lonely, the disenfranchised and the forgotten. They will inherit the kingdom of God. But these teachers here, they want it. And it raises the question of who was the paralyzed man. It wasn't the man lowered down through the roof. He left with his sins forgiven and carrying his mat that they used to lower him. It wasn't the men who brought their friends to Jesus. They carried and they climbed and they removed and they lowered all actions to point to them having full use of their bodies. These actions also required some type of faith, which Jesus affirmed. The, and that leaves us with these teachers. They can move physically, but their lack of faith paralyzed them spiritually. The problem wasn't what they understood. They knew the right answers. Only God can forgive sins. They knew that. The problem was their willingness to act on what they understood, that Jesus 
is God. In Ephesians 2, Paul writes, as for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. In the words of Paul, these men in Mark chapter 2 were dead in their sins, and they were unwilling to approach the one who could make them alive, let alone bust down the roof around Jesus to get to him. Uh, the God who forgives sin was standing in the middle of this crowd in the flesh. A, a once paralyzed man walked away forgiven, while a group of scribes walked away paralyzed spiritually. It all came down to who placed their faith in Jesus and who did not. And as Mark moves on to the next story in Jesus' life and his ministry, it's almost like he leaves us with the question, which do we want to be like? Who do we want to be like? Do we want to be the people who act on our faith, who overcome all the barriers that keep us stuck? Or do we want to get bogged down? in a faith that we may understand some things, we know, may know the right answers, but we're unwilling to act. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I cannot wait to sit down and open up God's word with you next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and you want to make sure that others can see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, let's talk to debt. Just send me a text to 317-207-2734.